He's waiting for the fart, but I'm not going to say it. I'm so glad I got that on record. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 23 of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. With me today, Princess of the Twilight Realm, Talon Lee. I am the prettiest princess. The self-declared princess of the insect kingdom, Jeb Wrench. I am the prettiest princess. And I'm the big brother chief of the Goron tribe, Fox Lee. Definitely not the prettiest princess. Roar! <laughs> so, uh, Jeb, what you been playing? I have not been playing particularly good games lately. <laughs> it's been a rough week for, 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 the, for the games journalist who is not at E3. Have you been playing any interestingly bad games? Not even that. Oh. Uh, like, but I played a, a 4X strategy game. I played a 4X space strategy game made by Paradox Game, former Paradox developers. Huh. And it wasn't very remarkable. Wow. It was just, it was just average. It had one really interesting idea and it didn't even do that, didn't even go into that very much. That, that's weird. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm building things because you're supposed to build things, and then I'm researching because you're supposed to research. I it's just all. I deeply worry about any game developer who can make a game that can't compete with, say, Civilization, because Civilization's <laughs> free now. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the thing I was thinking about after I I talked about uh, Galactic Inheritors. Which, if you like four X space games, Galactic Inheritors is a game you could play. <laughs> It's not bad, it's not great, it's just there, it's a game you can play. The thing is, after I wrote my review about it, it, it occurred to me, it's like, if you want to make a 4X game based in space, okay, either you've got, to, the problem you have is that GOG exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing a game about exploring planet to planet, then you have to compete with Master of Orion 2. What's more, Master of Orion 2 is $5. And if you want to make a game about, you know, 4X, X, 4X gameplay on a uh, on a planet, on a single planet, you have to compete with Alpha Centauri. And fucking Sid Meier couldn't even compete with, <laughs> with Alpha Centauri, and it's his fucking game. Yup. And then you throw the extra complication that if you say, let's not make it a science fiction game, then you've got to compete with Masters of Magic, which is, again, $5. <laughs> Yeah, I think GOG is both a good and a bad thing. Like, I'm sure it pushes up the baseline for development by a certain amount, but that may also make people very wary of getting out that first game, which you really just need to bite the bullet and do, and if it's crap, it's crap, because everyone's first game is crap, so get over it. It's, it is a weird market right now. Um, hey, Fox. What I, I would like to say one more thing. I have also played, thankfully, more Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> Still awesome? Earlier today, earlier today, I grind, grinded down the spine of a dragon, and then I stabbed it in the head with part of my user interface. You did what? That's all. You like grabbed your health bar and clubbed it with it? What? She, well, uh, she grabbed the uh, she, she grabbed the the the, uh, the style meter is like a lightning bolt. So she she reached up while she was grinding down the back of the dragon. She grabbed that and stabbed the dragon in the back of the head. 
is so stupid. I love it. I really want this to come out on PC eventually. Wow. I don't know if that will ever happen, but there's no way I can afford an, an X-Bone, so I'm just hoping. Hey, look, when when a console finally collapses, it's the a version, of, it's the console version of the Steam Summer Sale. Maybe then we'll get an X-Bone, you know, mm. 17 years' time. Yeah, something like that. Who knows how I long this generation is going to last. There's honestly, I think there's going to be a really short uh, console generation, so don't be surprised. Yeah, yeah you think? Yeah. I don't know how they could um, possibly convince us to buy a new bunch of consoles so soon. Well, Nintendo's announcing the NX next year. That's a handheld, though, isn't it? That's a bit different. No, it's the next console. Well, that was a handheld. Yeah. That's, that's next year. I think Microsoft is leaning more, to, more and more towards uh, the, the Xbox brand just becoming basically a set-top PC. And I think we'll see that yeah. in other years, too. I would believe that. I do think they'll probably take their time about it, though. Because there's not a lot more they can do with the hardware that's relevant to anything. Like it's just the the current the current idea kicking around. I've heard from a technical level as far as consoles go is that the next step will be a system that is effectively just a really good uh, throughput point for servers. Like a streaming vehicle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a really good, comfortable streaming vehicle. Whereas the Xbox One and the PS4 are very much a lot like very good home computers. which with a fuck of a lot less versatility. Don't get too picky about that right now. But the point is that the structure that they're going to go towards is different than what we've been going towards. I suppose it makes sense that because they're trying to push personal computers towards being tablets, basically. Like, yeah. Uh, Windows laptops are now basically a tablet first and foremost, and a laptop is an afterthought. There, there is a non-zero chance that in the future you will have in your home one really beefy computer and a whole bunch of different peripheral devices that have no don't even necessarily have a manufacturer in common that just connect to that computer and say, hey, can you do this heavy lifting for me? It's what we mm-hmm. have already, more or less. Yeah, it's true. No, it's the computer being a gaming console that I'm not really happy with in that scenario. Yeah. Because there are things that cannot move to these other platforms, like uh, high-grade graphic design. I, I can't do my imaging work on a tablet. Um, and even the, even the really expensive Transformer tablets that are out right now don't have graphics worth a shit really like they're beautiful screens and they have nice high speed processors and all blah 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 whatever but you couldn't really play games games on them you play tablet games on them but yeah so i don't know how i feel about this until they make something which i find just as satisfying to do my important work on i still need a desktop computer well right but what uh what what uh talon was saying that people speculate that they're getting towards is that like the, the the beefy central computer is going to be what handles all the processing and then sends that off to you know the, the tablet with the tablet with a really nice screen so it looks pretty but it's doing none of the heavy lifting of just a, a, a fairly sophisticated device that can just churn out material from a server but you know they've been talking about that for about seven to ten years. <laughs> Actually, yeah, on, on review, I don't mind that idea so much, ha- having taken the intervening few minutes to think about it. Well, how, how about I let you know how, how it works with, because I, like, I know it works pretty well with, like, the Wii U. Yeah. And the, uh, uh the PS3 and PS4 to Vita, I think it works really well. I will let you know how it works Xbox One to, uh, to Windows 10 once Windows 10 comes out. Cool. See, theoretically it works nicely, but, um, my Wii U gamepad only reaches as far as my kitchen, or, or the bathroom, I, I know because I've tested this, 
Um, and streaming stuff from my PS3 to my PSP is actually really chunky. I haven't yeah. found many games that are playable that way. So, I don't know, I'm still pretty iffy about the the usability of this at the moment. Well, once Windows and- 10 comes out, I will play Killer Instinct while we record a podcast. And then... <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, I- we'll be able to have live reaction. Don't get me wrong, I, I do quite fancy this idea, if only because it would mean I would only have to buy one really powerful PC for me and Talon when I finally mm-hmm. upgrade the ones we have now. Which are on the way out. <laughs> I got I think they're almost ten years old now, so they're doing remarkably well considering how, how long they've been here. Yeah. But uh yeah, you know, it won't be long before we can no longer do the things we want to do on them. Still <clears throat> the I can barely do the things I want to do on mine. Like, <laughs> but anyway, <month>. yeah, <laughs> it, it would be nice to have a a tablet screen on a laptop device because I I'm very fond of my laptop. It's a very good laptop for what I paid for it. But laptop screens are just crap. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, and a tablet screens by comparison, it's, the screen on my fucking phone is. I have a Galaxy Note two, and the screen on that thing is fucking gorgeous. So, uh, video games. Yeah, those are things. Yeah. Fox. I'm not looking forward to an era where we're supposed to stream video games from the internet, because in a lot of countries, their internet is still shit. Yeah. So, I, think I, the I do online... not want this shift to happen for a long time yet. I think the online on-live experiment failed hard enough that that yeah. won't be for a long time. Yeah. I hope so. Like, I, you know, I don't mind them continuing to try this and picking it up later on, but it's just so unviable now that if they tried to make the shift, I would be amongst the people left way, way, way out in the cold. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, Fox, as far as video games go... Ask me what I've been playing. You've been playing... You'll never guess. I... Is I, it Loom? I don't... <laughs> I'm just thinking, you've been playing a game. Yes. Is it, um... Um, have you been playing Hyrule Warriors lately? No, actually, I've been playing Hi- Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, thought so. Yeah. Um, what's I gonna say? You got me into the multiplayer last night. <laughs> yes, I actually got Talon to play a map with me. That was nice. And, uh, I-, I know this is not the kind of commentary you typically expect from this podcast, but wow, Link is pretty in that game. <laughs> oh, the the characters, are- okay, the character designs which are not the new characters are really good. Like, Zelda looks amazing. Link is so cute. So cute! Like, even even freaking Midna, Impform, looks better than she did in the GameCube <laughs> game. And that, that surprises me, because, like, I didn't... Well, they didn't really touch her design. They just no. smoothed it up and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really weird to talk about, but yes. <laughs> she has a really smooth, sleek, giant imp butt. Whatever. <laughs> I know Midna a lot of people. Who, I know a lot of people who would be willing to smooth up Midna a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is it? Um, Talon. Smooth, Talon asked smoothed me. out Midna is actually my OKCupid profile name. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Speaking of which, the great fairy weapon for Link. Oh my God, that's fetish bait. <laughs> I don't know how this is a weapon rather than a whole different playable character, but. Yeah, um, I I guess this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't played the game in the intervening year, but the silliest of Link's many weapons is a great fairy, who's literally the, the giant great fairy that you meet in other places in the game, just floating around the battlefield carrying Link in a tiny bottle and occasionally dumping him out to steal his bombs or use his sword to hit things or, uh, you know, summon a lightning storm and just have him stand there going, ah, ah, ah! 
So yeah, if you want, Woo! sorry, sorry, yeah, if you want to play a video game where a towering pink fairy giantess <laughs> carries you around in a little glass bottle and bullies you while she's doing your job. This game has you sorted. Yeah, if, if you like your dom to be a giant pink girly woman, you're gonna love the shit. If you want to be beholden to a giant woman. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not expecting that. We are Some better at selling silly. Nintendo properties than Nintendo is. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like it for the fact that that suits the portrayal of the great fairies that we've seen previously. Like... The the sorceress character and the Mary Sue character are also both kind of inappropriately sexual, but they feel like they don't fit, whereas the fairy, you're like, that's exactly what I imagined her doing in Ocarina of Time. She get that weird dom laugh going on, and bizarre pointy tits, and she's wearing almost nothing. She's wearing more clothing in Hyrule Warriors, by the way. She got some, like, gauzy pants on. Gauzy but... pants is my OKCupid okay profile name. <laughs> she got some gauzy pants on. Yep. Gauzy pants on is the worst of the Disney <laughs> villains. <laughs> That's like a Victorian era. No, it's from one of the Beast, Beauty and the Beast sequels. It's, <laughs> it's Gaston's crazy cousin. Ahem, sorry. So, Talon, uh, video games. Uh, okay. Have you been I'm playing gonna, any video games? I'm just going to sidestep the discussion of video games real quick because last night, uh, I had, I had, I totally did my homework. I had video games to talk about. But more importantly than that, Pendix came around and we played Star Realms. Oh. We played. Star Realms for about three hours. Star <laughs> Realms is really good. How did Talon describe it? It's like a version of Dominion that's actually interactive. It's it's interactive Dominion. It's faster. Um, and... <sighs> yeah, gosh, when you guys were playing two-player, you churn through matches really quickly. Yeah, we just like... And you start with 50 life, so I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a real slugfest. Like, no. This game <laughs> This game is is, like... As far as respect for time goes, this game is the kind of thing I would expect to see players playing while they wait for another round of a magic draft to finish. <laughs> wow, that is quick. Yeah, it is It is a really efficient, good game. I, you can see the fingerprints of the people who designed it all throughout it. Um, That's Darwin Castle's game, right? Darwin Castle. Oh, which a he's, name? Uh, I know him from a Magic Tour card, don't I? He was he's the, the Avalanche Rider. Right. And I cast a lot of him. And he, during Onslaught Legion's uh, block constructed season, he was responsible for a red-green giant stompy deck taking second place at a pro-level tournament called The Claw. <laughs> awesome. Which is a deck that ran a card called Killmouth Dragon, which is a dragon with Amplify 3. I don't care what the rest of the card says. In fact, it's called Killmouth Dragon. It's kind yes. of amazing. Yeah, so he was playing this this seventeen seventeen dragon and stomping people in the face with it in a pro level event. And Kai Bude's at the event playing islands, going, "This is the worst set for blue." <laughs> <laughs> and that's phrase good. That's the phrase that has not been spoken before or since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much that 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 Darwin Castle. Uh, and, okay, with any deck building game, with any CCG, well, sorry, any non-collectible card game, there is a risk that you will not be excited by cards eventually. Like, one of the things with that, because this game was new to me, every time we flipped over a new card that you can pick up from the trade row, because it's a deck building game, but the actual things you can buy are randomized from turn to turn. Yep. I obviously didn't recognize everything. So every time a card flipped over, I'm like, oh, what's that do? Oh, what's that do? Oh, that's a giant whale that hits my opponent in the face for seven <laughs> damage. Awesome! And then steals a card off the trade row and gives it to me straight away. And oh, oh my, hello. <laughs> uh, 
It has character, it has mechanical flow, it has momentum. There is almost no position where it will be boring Kingmaker sits there going, well, I can't win, but I can't lose either. It is just a really nice, tight game. And if you got it in the Humble Bundle when it was available, bust it out, dust it off, have a look. It's really smart. Ah, so there's a digital version of it as well. There is a digital version of it on PC, on Android, on iOS and tablets, and it's pretty much everywhere. Nice. Because the fundamental mechanics of that game are, well, they're cardboard smart. You can do them really easily. And it looks really good programming a simple card game is probably an excellent place for people to start when they've not made a game before. Because you don't need to worry about AI, you don't need to worry about animations for the most part. It would be a really good, simple, turn-based, rule-based thing to start with. Just going to put that out there, see what people think. There's a phenomenon known as cardboard prototyping, <laughs> which most famously was used for the game XCOM. Never heard of it. The people making the game XCOM... <laughs> Can't have been very big. When they realised that they had to try and restart what they were doing, they sat down and they made a board game of the <laughs> PC game they made. Well, that's almost like the opposite of it, though. As their prototype, and then they were like, okay, now we can make this work. If we can make this fun and engaging on a on a board game level, we can scale <laughs> it up to a PC. So, yeah. There are a lot of tabletop games that would play better if they were just a computerized version of exactly the same thing. Um, like, I'm not talking like when they try and make D&D games and they tweak the rules and they try to make them action-based and all that crap. No, I'm just talking about, like, exactly the same game, only the computer is doing all the maths. Magic the Gathering a... with Fetchlands is better as a digital game. <laughs> Dude, Commander <laughs> in Magic oh. the Gathering is a perfect example of this. Um, any uh, tabletop RPG system which functions on percentages, great example of this. Percentages are shit to handle on. Pa- Fuck that, I hate doing that. But as soon as it's in a computer, just whoop, yep, there's my number, hit the guy. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'd like to see more games which are a platform for tabletop RPGs to be played. Star Realms is really quite a good game. Give it a look. I'm pretty sure I've got it in a humble bundle. Chances are, listener, I know you personally. I might be able to give you a copy of Star Realm. It's quite neat. <laughs> anyway, I... Uh, you heard it here. Talon is trying to buy additional listeners with copies of Star Realms. I'm just talking to the listener. Anyway. <laughs> I have a plan, y'all. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hire a major press event. going to get a couple of thousand people together. We're going to do some presentations and shows. We want to get a lot of people paying attention, really focusing on it. And then we want to tell them all, like, it's this great big punk move. By the way, nothing until next year. Like, six months of fuck all. And probably nothing in January or February either. Was that last year's E3? That's this year's E3. That's this year's E3? We're really excited for E3. It's just that they've said, yeah, most of this stuff is 2016. <laughs> oh, okay. So they, right. What are you talking about? I've already been playing. They announced a bunch of really exciting stuff. None of which is scheduled for this year. Yeah. Right. In the beginning was the hype. (laughs) But Jeb has pointed out something quite astute, which is they brought something back to the Xbox One, which we thought they wouldn't be able to have. Oh, hey. So suddenly the Xbox One is now an Xbox One and an Xbox 360, which makes it a hell of a lot better looking. That's, uh, it's that is a lot. Right now they're test. Right now they're testing. Right now they're developing Dude, the, the backwards compatibility. Right now there are twenty one titles because they also they also have they have to get first of all they have to get permission Ouch. from the original publishers and developers to actually do this because they have to oh, emulate yeah. the they have to emulate it. 
because it's a the Xbox 360 is a power PC architecture, and I can't remember what the Xbox One is. If I sound smart here, it's because my fiance is really smart and knows what these words mean. This is not unlike why we can't have GBA games on the 3DS because they can't just like virtual box a machine; they have to emulate each individual game. Yep, <clears throat> sort of. Like I said, they also have to get permission from the developers in case like you know, developer can always say, well, I don't want you to be able to be able to play their old version yep. of this because we want to do the remastered edition, which Microsoft also yeah. has oh, said good. they want to get away from because people don't like it. This was the E3 when Microsoft started listening to people. Considering how much fun got made of them for the Xbox One announcement. Yeah, for, for a company that has a reputation as being tone deaf and monolithic. <laughs> Especially because of all the companies involved in the gaming sphere right now, the one that could just tomorrow up and say, screw it, we're not doing video games anymore, shutter the whole thing and not really hurt for it in the long term. That is Microsoft. Microsoft don't have to put up with our shit. <laughs> it's true. Indeed, they could. They are the one who could most just go, okay, we're going to stop making Xboxes precisely and just make a really fucking powerful pre-built gaming PC. Mm. They, they could be Razer, basically, is all I'm saying. Ew. <laughs> They are, they are, in, they are adding. Right now, it's just for people with the 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 preview, the kind of beta testing it right now. But I can put uh, my copy of Viva <laughs> Pinata: Trouble in Paradise into my Xbox One, and it will install the backwards compatible version. Ah, and I can play okay. So the way they do it is they just basically buy. copy the game onto the hard drive and patch it. It seems to be pretty elaborate. Uh, they down they download. Uh, a complete version of it. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's architectural. That does explain why they... Lu Louise was telling me there are reasons for this, and Louise is also very, very smart, and <laughs> I'm going to believe her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that totally explains it, because I'm going, why do they need developer permission just to, you know, patch a thing, whatever, but if you have to download the whole fucking game, yeah, that would require permission. You know what else? This means that the discs of the game represent DRM. <laughs> That's amazing. In a very narrow way. <laughs> on the other hand, on the other hand, on the other hand, if you'd only had the game digitally before, like if you oh, just yeah. bought the complete game uh, with uh, games on demand, you could just go ahead and download cool. it, the, the backwards compatible version. Like, as soon as they bring <laughs> over Dark Souls, I am probably going to play Dark Souls again. I thought you'd sort of had enough of Dark Souls. Ah, I do. But when they make it I, easy for me to play, now, um, Dark Souls running on an Xbox versus it running on a PC, and I am genuinely <laughs> wowed by how smooth it is on an Wait, Xbox. You're talking about running on your PC? No. Okay. It is streaming much PC. better on console. Uh, streaming, you're gonna get. I mean, you you can't really stream at full frame rate. Certainly not to our connection. Well, Dark 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 Souls One is is much better. on you started on the PS3, right? There wasn't yeah. a remarkable difference on the Xbox to that. No. There's a bit of a difference, but not, not a huge one. Anyway, uh, yeah, E3 happened, and in E3 we got to look at um, a whole bunch of new ideas, a whole bunch of sequels, some really remarkable news about remakes. Hyrule Warriors for 3DS! Woo! Yeah. It's got Tetra! Yep. That is all I ever wanted. Yep. I, I, li I like how I'm sitting here trying to set things up, and you're just like, no, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> You were taking a long time. We've already just launched off the. <laughs> yeah. We've launched off the things that we're already hyped about. Yes, Regal? let me tell you about Recore. It looks amazing. <laughs> Recore for the Xbox One. It's coming from uh, Keiji Inafune and some of the people who left Retro Studios. Oh. 
it's about a gir- it's about an action girl and her robot dog. Alright. There's also Horizon Dawn, is it? Where you are playing a a, a weirdly positive post-apocalyptic worldview <laughs> where, you know, humanity's been driven out of the cities and so we actually have, like, realistically looking decaying cities with, like, instead of the Fallout style, everything is grey and brown. Like, they're covered in plants. You have all this like wildlife and forests growing through skyscrapers and shit. Oh, and your goal in this game is to hunt robot dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You think And it's free to play. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> All right. I'm into this. The, Can the, I get it not on an Xbox? This is not an Xbox title, I don't believe. Awesome. I think it's a cross-platform. But the point is, this I mean, game... not that I particularly hate Xbox. That's just the uh, the console I am least likely to have. One. have. And it's not in my purview. The, the the trailer for this they showed us with the supposed gameplay slice, and obviously I'm cynical and dubious about that. But it's this barbarian-looking redhead woman hunting robot dinosaurs that are easily the size of Earth-moving equipment. With a compound bow. And in one part of the video, she clambers clambers up the arm of a like a robot T-Rex, tears off its arm, and shoots it in the face with its own arm. How do you climb up the arm of a T-Rex? Like that's It's not really you know, a proper T-Rex. It's probably T-Rex. only about as tall as you. It's not actually a proper T-Rex. It's anyway. The point is this is the kind of thing that looks like it looks like something you'd come up with as a joke. <laughs> No, this looks like something that I would come up with as something I want. Yeah. This, I don't know, I I feel like maybe we finally might be getting into a more just fun-oriented era of gaming, where, you know, we don't have to try so fucking hard to, like a reconstruction, I guess. Where we don't have to try so hard to be taken very seriously and prove that we had definitely, definitely, definitely a hobby for adults. The Renaissance. Yeah, I, you know, it's too early to say, but I hold out hope that that might be what we're seeing the beginnings of here. We saw a lot of women characters being showcased as well. Yeah, that was right. That was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, companies might actually have noticed. Uh, faith, like faith, they, like they, Mirror's Edge faith. Yeah, they did a, a like a two minute thing of just here is we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about faith's character design. And, by the way, person who put together that speech, I understand you have a lot to do in your day, but don't say Faith never kills after we've seen her kick a dude through a window. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. Because, just saying, that guy's probably not landing softly. And, you know, she can gun people down in great numbers. The upcoming game is looking at having a non-violent focus. Like, don't get me wrong, I like that idea better. The whole thing would have been better executed if you'd just been disarming people and getting rid of the guns because you don't have time to stand there spraying bullets at things. But that's not what they did. You can't then go back and say, no, she never kills, because you already put that in the game. Still. Um, Wait, so that means they re-announced Mirror's Edge 2? Oh, uh, they did that last year. Again. Oh, I, I thought they, like, I thought it was like a Beyond Good and Evil 2 thing, like they on and off and on and off. And... No, that would be like a Shenmue 3 thing. Oh, wait, they've done that too! <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, like... weird combination of nerd fan service and actual progressive fan service. This is pretty great. It is, it is a very strange thing for me to watch a whole bunch of games I would have never expected to get remakes or sequels getting them, like being actively announced. All at the same at fucking the same time. time. Like... <laughs> The Last Guardian! The Last Guardian's not dead! I am really... Well, yeah. (laughs) Until you play the game. (laughs) Until it exists. (laughs) And, like, I wanted to go through this with my general shroud of doubt, because I... (laughs) 
They have effectively said, you know those things we didn't deliver? We're totally going to deliver them. Yeah, and yeah. okay, I, I think I have the right to be sceptical about that. But <laughs> Skepticism is healthy. It is kind of amazing the ones they've trotted out. Yeah, the, look, they might not complete everything, but they've announced enough things that you'd still think quite favorably of them if they have to get at least three quarters of that actually completed. Yeah, the the odds are we're going to see a couple of really good games come out of this, especially when you look at the development teams that they've attached to certain properties. Like, DICE are making Mirror's Edge 2. It's not... It's not Mirror's Edge 2 being made by some company we farmed it off to because we don't want our A-team wasting time on it. No, this is DICE. This is the Battlefield people who've wanted to make another Mirror's Edge game. (laughs) Yeah, good. And then you look at the people they've announced to make Nier 2, which, again, (laughs) Nier 2! Really? No, that is not something I was expecting to get a sequel. Like, I, I would have expected to get announced at, say, the Tokyo Game Show, because Nier did okay Where people care about Nier. Here's the thing, though. Fucking let people choose which version they want. Like, <laughs> I, it was interesting having two different characters, and it's interesting hearing a discussion about which one actually functions better in the narrative, but uh, I, I resent the fuck out of the fact that you weren't able to pick. In Nier 2, the current suggestion we have is that you are going to be playing a woman, not one of the boy characters. It's a whole new arc and apparently involves different characters in the same world. I was going to say I kind of would have loved to see boy near girl near be the divide this time. But the people they have developing it are Platinum Games. Yes. Oh, this is what you were yes. talking about earlier with people. Yeah, okay. Well, that's one of the things that Platinum's doing. Platinum are doing a lot of stuff right now. Platinum do a lot of things. And I understand Squaresoft basically reprinted the Power Nine. <laughs> Squaresoft have taken a bit of a Hail Mary pass. Yes, they're saying they're going to redo Final Fantasy VII. Which I am ultimately in favour of, because it... Again, they can get it right this time. <laughs> it's the Final Fantasy it's the most loose. needed remake, because it looks like balls and it was really badly translated. Like, the dialogue <laughs> in that game is awkward as fuck. I'm going to steal the, uh, the, the, some of the uh, paraphrasing from a friend of mine. But, uh, <laughs> it's a lose-lose situation. Yeah? Because either A, they don't change anything, and people realise, wow, this game kind of aged really bad. <laughs> really badly. Or they make it good, and the fan base explodes. <laughs> okay, unpleasable fan base, yes, but I guess my stance is fuck I those people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there is a fan base as dedicated to their chosen media as the Final Fantasy VII fan base. And that's as unkind that's as unkind as I'm willing to be on the podcast. Wow. I thought we'd all just realized that it was kind of shit and you know, we're only excited by it no. because the first a lot of us <laughs> No, there are there are still the hardcore Final Fantasy Seven fans, some of whom I believe I have spoken to, and I won't say anything more because I don't want anyone peeing in my mailbox. <laughs> Nah, well, I'm not scared. Come at me. <laughs> Speaking as a dedicated Final Fantasy VII apologist from back in the day. <laughs> I will say that the Final Fantasy fan base... Sorry, the Final Fantasy VII fan base appears to be somewhat calcified in that because they helped form the spine of a generation of gamers, there is a lot of people... There are a lot of people who are in positions of uh, s- some degree of authority who think kindly of that game but have not examined that interest in a long time. <laughs> So Final Fantasy VII tends to get held up as a classic by people who haven't really examined it recently. It's absolutely a classic, but like a lot of classics, there's a bunch of old-fashioned-y stuff in it that 
doesn't necessarily hold up well. You can appreciate what a thing did without considering it to be good by modern standards. It's like how everyone remembers the opening lines and the closing refrain from Moby Dick, but no one wants to talk about the chapter, which is all about turning a whale's penis into a raincoat. <laughs> Way too much detail, motherfucker! <laughs> I, I'm going to just go back with the go back with what I've, I've been saying about Final Fantasy VII for some time now. It is the Call of Duty 4 of its generation. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's not a bad comparison. That's a really good it was comparison. An, it was an excellent game at the time. It carved out a whole different direction and fan base for gaming. And it helped define an era. And then the spin-off media attached to it has had varied reception, shall we say. Yeah, let's let us politely refer to it as uh, that. <laughs> That's about right. I mean, I like I said, I appreciate what it did for the genre. I, I appreciate that it popularized JRPGs in the West, and I really appreciate that it actually like it was one of the first games I encountered since the 2D era that actually had cute boys in it. I had been sort of desensitized to the idea that many video games are just uggos, pointless uggos, and you know it was exciting because of that, and it started a, a trend in the opposite direction. Yeah, but... which may have possibly oversaturated. <laughs> may have a little bit, but I don't know. I have no time for people who complain about male protagonists in video games being pretty little emo boys, like. Because most of the time they're the same people who get really defensive about people saying, well, why is every woman the sexy one? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, that's for the ladies. Um, other E3 announcement? Or the other people who like boys. Uh, another E3 announcement that's particularly relevant to me, um, Dishonored 2 got announced. Yeah, we were expecting that. I was Speak- not expecting that at all. Speaking of playing as a woman. Yes, you're playing as Emily Coldwin. Um, you can play as. Yes. I, I did try to avoid getting too hype about this. Because <laughs> it'll really hurt if it doesn't work out. Yeah, but it so happens that in a... Let the hype flow through you. <laughs> the, it turns out that one of my friends is friends with the writer of Dishonored. And, no. and she didn't know that. <laughs> and so she and I were commenting on Twitter, and the writer of Dishonored decided to chime in and talk about it. And go, yeah. Yikes! We're planning on doing this and that and whatnot. You know, this is all public stuff. You can go find it. But yeah, uh, there's going to be. <laughs> they're working on having two protagonists. They're working on having the options, the, the two different characters' choices inform their characters. So there will be non-violent solutions from the character who thinks that they can see a non-violent solution. Like the thing they were trying to play with in Dishonored was the idea that yes, Corvo only sees violent ways to solve his problems, and that's meant to be part of his character, which I thought was really nice because I I always had that interpretation. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't just because the guy doesn't talk doesn't mean he has to be a cipher. Yeah, and the other thing is they mentioned that Kara Ellison is apparently working with the writing team. Yeah. Beyond that, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting Dishonored 2. I like, I really wasn't expecting Dishonored 2. I thought that they kind of wrapped up their whole involvement with that world with Brigmore Witches and then the failure of Thief kind of spooked the market away from that sort of stealth game. But, the, I mean, there is the writers... The, the, this little conversation also involved that they're deliberately trying to make sure that the Blink, the feel of freedom and the things that the Blink let them do in design, they want to keep that, but they don't want to just give Emily Blink. So... Yeah, we saw, like, a speed movement power that with the sort of it's a grappling claws hook. thing. Yeah. It's, it, she, she, it looks like she has, like, this purple ribbon that she uses to grapple around the city. Well, that's not what it looked like to me. And she got to do the Just Cause-style grapple the ground to avoid falling damage thing, which is just the coolest. Really? 
Really? That's how I, now I am interested. I just evoked just cause in the context of a discussion of a stealth game. That's what we see at the end of the, the cinematic trailer as well, right? You can basically grapple the ground in front of you to speed boost. Yes. Yeah. Which is just because it's a wonderful game. A purple ribbon, but rather, you know, shadowy Cthulhu claws. Yeah, so I really do hope that this game works out well. I have hope that may yet become hype. <laughs> Okay. Put it um, this way, we just talked all that about E3. You know what we didn't even mention? What? Sat. Halo 5. Oh. I forgot it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't Why have this is relevant. It. Halo 5 is a big fucking deal, right? Yeah. Is it because they promised there wasn't going to be another Halo? Yeah. No, it's just, well, it's Halo, Halo 5. 3, I mean, it's Halo 5. It's a big deal. It's, you play as a black man. Holy shit. That's awesome. That, yeah, I was going to be blasé about that, but that is pretty fucking unusual. <laughs> Now, if you were playing as a black woman, that would be holy shit territory. But, but uh, con- consider that one of the Halo games, the opening sequence where they show you becoming a spot, where they show a character coming becoming a Spartan, involves an all white dude. Effectively, like it's a lighting effect, but it can look this way of like a white dude getting whiter and then his brown eyes turning blue. And that apparently drove a lot of really awful people to be like, look, look, Spartans are just like the Aryan ideal. And you're like, oh, no, just no. To be fair, that would make a lot of sense narratively, but then you'd have to do something with that. Uh, You know, why do these people consider the Aryan ideal to be an ideal? And you'd have to address that. People outside the game. No, no, that's what I'm saying. If they were correct in that observation, uh, you could use that in a game interestingly, but you would have to address it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was I'm just meant to they be... did not. I'm guessing they mentioned nothing, and this was pretty much a coincidence. No, they just wanted to do an interesting visual effect. Yeah. So they went, okay, let's make the guy's eyes really, really blue. Boom! <laughs> Which is usually how these unfortunate implications in games work. They don't set out to go, let's put this negative message in there. They just right. don't think shit through. One of my favorite what-the-hells about the Halo universe, because there was a point where the, where the conservative media in the United States were really trying to push the idea <laughs> oh, yeah. that video games are the new Hollywood, and therefore... Real Video games have the correct amount of respect for our troops. Yeah, because they were basically going Call of Duty succeeded and Halo succeeded, so that's what... And they held up Halo as an example of a conservative game, and I'm sitting there in the back seats going, you know, you know he works for the UN, right? <laughs> the UN that you're not exactly a fan of. <laughs> Pretty much hate the fuck out of the UN. I'm probably going to trim that. <laughs> you know that he turns traitor, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know that John turns traitor, right? That's how it works. That's why he's... Kind of an antagonist in Halo 5. No, I do not know that because I know nothing about the plot of Halo games. So Halo 5, let's hunt Master Chiefs. <laughs> Halo 5 lets you play as you're the Spartans. You're, you're playing, I can't remember the man's name, but you're playing an actual black man in Halo as a main character, which is mind-blowing. Yeah, And you're much. going after Master Chief. Meanwhile, there's another plot, uh, apparently there's another uh, joint plotline you play where your Master Chief doing whatever his Master Chief is doing, <laughs> and then they bump up against each other, and hopefully it's good. <laughs> He's hoping. I mean, it looks fucking amazing. Well, yeah, you, you look, you're looking at basically the single biggest swing that Microsoft is capable of doing in a first party term. <laughs> Can't wait to hear the conservatives bitch about this. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, gonna be great. I really legitimately hope that Halo 5 is really good. Like, I probably won't play it. It won't be a game for me. Definitely won't play it. But I really hope it's good because Halo... 
Halo 1 pretty much carried the Xbox and it <laughs> redefined a lot of stuff about FPSs. And I feel that there was too much. Like, I feel it had too big an influence. I feel there were problems. But now we're at this point where FPSs are kind of spreading out a lot and we're getting a lot more of this thoughtful usage of mechanics. Hmm. And Halo is still the place that has used the Halo style mechanics better than anyone else. So I want them mm-hmm. still I want Halo 5 to still stand there and say, "Yes, we can use regenerating shields intelligently. Yes, we can use trace-based weapons intelligently." I want it to be really good. And which speak which also yeah. you don't mention the regenerating shields, right? Yeah. Possibly the best uh Halo game didn't even have that because you didn't play as Spartans. That's a nice touch too. It was ODST. Yes. Which was also the bleakest and most narrative of them all, wasn't it? No, actually Reach was probably the bleakest. Yeah. <laughs> Reach was, was was the the one where, oh, by the way, everyone you know and love is going to die. Re- Reach opens with a shot of your grave. Goody. It's like we're just setting the tone right off the bat. Well, the name. Yeah. Which in Reach universe- is where Reach in the Halo universe is a planet where Spartans, a lot of them died. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a kind of a last answer thing. It, it, it would be kind of like Call of Duty Gallipoli. Anyway, so oh god, yes, you just had that mentally. Killer Instinct on PC. Killer Instinct on PC with crossplay. Everyone can play KI now. But yes, so PC players can play with uh, Xbox players, and because it's free to play, I will have no excuse to not occasionally log on and get my head kicked in by Jet Grind Doc. <laughs> Shelf and Jeb. I'm not very good. Oh, it'd be wonderful. I'm not very good at fight games. It's it's crossplay and it's crossplay and cross buy actually. Oh, if you buy it on PC, you also get it on the Xbox One and vice versa. Wow, that's a nice idea. Unlocks in it are persistent, and I really do think that's a direction that Microsoft is going to head more and more. Like I, I firmly suspect that Microsoft is just going to do their best to amalgamate the Xbox brand with their PC gaming endeavors <laughs> yeah. without going to games for Windows Live again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I still yes. want my money back for Bulletstorm. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I see Nintendo fielding this on a couple of things that have been released on both the 3DS and the Wii U as well. Actually, mm-hmm. not a lot of things. They could definitely do better with it, but. And uh, Sony does it with the PS4 and Vita a lot. Yeah, they or do. Or I should that, say, like, I, I should, I suppose, I should say the Vita and PS4 because it tends to work that way more often. You know, it just occurred to me: the Vita <laughs> has the touchpad on the back, right? Mm-hmm. How the heck did the how how did they not try and get a uh, pinata game on that one as Vita pinata? Because you can tap the back <laughs> to smack a pinata. Meh. No, no, that's the only. I, never mind. Do you normally snap a pinata by tapping it from behind? No, I don't know how you snap a pinata because my childhood was joyless. But still. <laughs> Okay, but you've probably hit a ball with a bat at some point, right? Mm, sports were of the devil. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> they were not. I was there. It's true. We're allowed to talk about cricket a lot. The cricket would be a pretty bad example of how to smash a piñata. <laughs> Unless the piñata was sitting on the ground rather than hanging from something, which isn't really how it's done. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news is fit to print for the year of 1995. Well, do you buy 250,000 kill unlocks kills? Enjoy your 50 hours of gameplay, nerd! <coughs> I am totally okay if you guys want to eat your lunch first. <coughs> um, I forgot to say the word. <laughs> it's not the same without, it's not the same without it. 1995 is the year that the Nintendo 64 was announced. Yeah, it's slightly different. So, yeah, slightly different context. This is the era of the Sega Saturn. Yeah. This is still before the PlayStation 1 came out in North America. 
Yeah, so let's yeah. pretend that I didn't just screw up our opening, and let's just keep going. All right. No, I, I like pointing out the talent screwed up the opening. Really hey, everyone, badly. let's point a talent and law. You know I'm the editor, right? I can, I can trim out. So we have a franchise game. It's not at this point a franchise, but it is from a franchise. It's the beginning of a franchise. It's the first game in a series of games that became a game franchise, and they are themselves a tie-in to an existing media franchise that existed before the game did. Oh. Smash Brothers? Uh, no, wait, no, this is, this is 95, two, right? Yeah, 95. This is not 97, right, okay. Yeah, um, not, definitely not 97, yeah. Alright, can you, can you give us a clue about platform? It's on the PC! It's a spin-off, it's on the PC that they made a bunch of later franchise. On. Yep, they made a bunch of them later on. In fact, the in fact the spin-offs of this game were so popular that they wound up getting reincorporated into the spin-offs of the other media. So, as it were, getting put into the novels of My head is spinning off. Yeah. Wait, are we in Zork territory? Mm, well, there Yes, but no, it's not a Zork game. We are in Zork territory though. Think Zorkish. No, no, don't think Zorkish. Think big multimedia. Think not even like think video games are small potatoes compared to where this comes from. Was there a D and D game released this year? Uh there was, but it's not this. No. Think Lord of the Rings game released this year. Think LucasArts. Oh, Star Wars. Your close fox. What was that, Jeb? Uh, is it Dark Forces? It was Dark Forces. Yes. Dark Forces, which brought Kyle Katarn into the continuity, and Kyle Katarn wound up getting into the novels, alongside such characters as Kit Fisto. Yes. Yeah, he lost the naming thing at some point. Oh, yeah. All right. We have... Dark Forces, which later got which got a sequel. Uh, there was Dark Forces to Jedi Knight, which yep. then we had Dark Forces to Jedi Knight to uh, Jedi Outcast. Yep. And then we had Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast 2 Jedi Academy. Okay, yep. there are too many titles on these games. Please delete three. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that they kept naming them after the subtitle. Yeah. So you had Dark Forces 2, and then you had Jedi Knight 2, and then you had Jedi Outcast 2, and, and then you had Jedi Academy. Bonus, technically it was Star Wars Dark Forces. So. Star Wars, Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast 2, Jedi Academy. And by the way, those were all pretty good games. By the way, really Demon were. Souls and Dark Souls, they knew how to do this. <laughs> Alright, uh, we have a absolutely unassailable classic. Like, conventionally speaking, I'm pretty sure we've never had a bad word to say about this game on this podcast. This is too late for it to be Loom. It's not Loom. But it does yes. occasionally involve doing things backwards. Yes. Oh, Sense of Time. No. Too early no, for Sense of wait. Time, but it is a time-traveling theme game. Sense of Time. Uh, Link to the Past? Right platform, uh, wrong game. It's Sonic CD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Ocarina of Time, right? No. No? No. No, this is before... Before the N64 has officially been launched. Oh, before. It's a time I thought you said traveling... it was launched. It's a no, time-traveling time game on... Oh, Chrono Trigger. Yes! Oh, I have something bad to say about that. Akira Toriyama's characters are ugly. Okay, well, we have now had something bad to say about Chrono <laughs> they make Trigger. excellent sprites. I hated looking at the character screen because they had the portraits instead. And Talon was wrong. I, I can't say anything bad about Chrono Trigger. I unironically adore that game. Yeah. I, I adore it too. I just hate those fucking portraits. <laughs> a mod to change Giant those portraits. Giant tiny noses. Ugh. Oh, oh, a mod to change those portraits of those characters with a Toriyama style to the portraits from Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> which at last check you hate even more. They look pretty bad. All right. You can't digitize Amano's artwork very well. I'm just going to put that out there. 
Okay, so this is a first-person shooter game and one of the first to promise true 3D. Wait. Uh, nope. Uh, do maybe. I don't, what counts as true 3D? In that you were able to have rooms above rooms and you were able to have 360-degree movement in those rooms. Yeah. Excellent. Nope, nope. Uh, you're thinking a little too landbound there, Jeb. Descent? Descent. Tomorrow, or I should say in about eight hours, I am, uh, I, I am doing a, uh, dev deathmatch with, uh, a, what I understand to be sort of a descent match. Oh, that's fantastic. Alright, I, speaking of digitized games, digital video games, this is a game that featured digitized actors, and it looked like balls. They normally well, did. That, that covers most of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was it, it a, was it like a straight up FMV game? No. This is a game that got restricted in Australia and resulted in a re-release of it with blood changed to white stuff, and it was said Mortal to be Kombat. sweat. No, that wouldn't be even creepier or anything. Mortal Kombat three. <laughs> you can punch the cum out of people. <laughs> yep. You can uppercut someone really hard and get a wave of white viscous fluid arcing out of them. It's maybe it's sweat. maybe it's really pale snot. You're beating the <laughs> snot out of people. That's a phrase. <clears throat> All right, it's a point-and-click adventure game. Missed. No, this came out earlier than this anyway. Loom. Right developer, Fox. I know it's not Loom. Is Sam and Max hit the road? No. It's Full Throttle? Who yes. Else? I got a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Full Throttle. One right. of my favorite point-and-click adventure games, even though I can see all the ways in which it's bad. <laughs> it, 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 it was purer than a lot of them. Like, a lot of them were trying to do things to dress up the fact that you were just looking for keys to put in doors, whereas Full Throttle kind of just said, look, let's let's skip the door puzzles, let's let you kick doors down, and <laughs> instead you can solve problems that are like, you know, get the welding torch to the mechanic lady who wants a welding torch. It was a good, uh, a good adaptation of mechanics to represent a character. Yes. Which is always worthwhile in video games. Also, the doesn't, villain... Doesn't Full Throttle the one that lets you headbutt things? Uh, it had, yeah, there is there is a point where you get to headbutt something. Mostly it's kick and punch. Ah. But it is also the one where you get to chainsaw a biker <laughs> in the face and throw fertilizer in someone's eyes. Ooh, it's nasty. And also it's the one where you have the villain played by Mark Hamill, <laughs> who has just finished his run as the Joker. Oh, right. So he's still uh, digesting the scenery from the previous Oh, game. yes. <laughs> Wonderful villain. <laughs> All right. So we have a JRPG. A JRPG with distinctive music. Uh, all of them. <laughs> well, Especially all the old school yeah. ones. Yeah. Not, not so much the later ones. They just got sort of boring orchestral. Mm -hmm. uh, a JRPG with a distinctly different style to most JRPGs. Hmm. Is it... Romancing Saga? Nope, not Romancing Saga. This is the same year as Chrono Trigger. Same year as Chrono Trigger. Did this get a Western release? It did, but... So it's not SD3. It's not SD3. It did get a Western release, but there was a lot of scrapping over it, and things in the game had to be changed. Hmm. The Tales of Fantasia Western release? No, it's not Tales of no. Fantasia. That's PlayStation, isn't it? And no, this no, no, game... I keep this. Oh, no, I Destiny can never remember was the PlayStation one. Tales of De I can never remember which one is which. <laughs> I'll be honest. This game had an amazingly intense anti-piracy measure. Uh... This game numbered the towns you moved through. Earthbound. Earthbound. Oh, right. You oh, went from shit. Yeah, okay, one, totally one, one, two, Tucson, three, four, side. Yep. Oh, 
Wanna, so you pronounce that one it. Yeah. I well, I, I used to, I used to pronounce it differently until I saw the rest of the town names. It's like, oh, that's what they're going for. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never one... seen it before. I've only <laughs> ever seen it in Smash Brothers. And in the uh, in the the, the anti piracy measure I mentioned, if you had a ROM or a cracked cart, the enemy spawn rate would be easily Sky ten rod. times higher, and the game would let you play up to just before encountering the final boss. Then it would crash and delete your save. It was vicious. <laughs> That's not even an anti-piracy measure because you don't know about that going in. That is a piracy punishment. <laughs> that is a different. That is not preventative. That is not a speed camera. That is a rocket launcher that targets you after your speed passed. <laughs> nice. Yes. All right. Now we have an FMV game. Ninety-five FMV game. <laughs> Ninety-five FMV game developed by a woman. Yeah. Is it Phantasmagoria? That's what I was gonna say. Wow. <laughs> These are way less obscure than I thought they were. Yeah, it was Phantasmagoria. To be fair, that's the only one I know about because of uh, because of Let's Plays. Yeah. <laughs> I had never heard of this game back in the day, and pretty much the only game I would have guessed otherwise is the X-Files one. Yeah, it, yeah, Phantasmagoria, which was developed by Roberta Williams, who apparently, mm-hmm. when she was done doing storybook stuff, decided to do hardcore gothic violence. And, and Bruce Creepy That sex- creepy sexual violent game. Okay. Yeah. Yay. I... What women want? I don't know. I don't yeah. want to know. No, I, I'm not. I'm not saying you know it's wrong of her to do that. I mean, she could do what she wants. It's just I wish the game was better. And what a whiplash, <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Speaking of whiplash, we have a platformer on a child-friendly platform that has nothing at all to do with sexual violence. Yoshi's Island. <laughs> Holy shit! Fuck. Well, it was too. It was too late for. It was too late for Super Mario World One. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I was going to Game Boy. I was going to guess Kirby or something. No, yeah. It's it's um. It, it is the release of Yoshi's Island, which is still really <laughs> fun. The GBA release of that game is pretty much a straight port, and it is really good. Yeah. As opposed to the extremely disappointing sequel, Yoshi's Island DS, which was. Like a puppet of the original. <laughs> none of the charm, none of the fun. Uh, I have the to awesome admit, music. I have to admit, Yoshi, uh, Woolly World really makes me want a Wii U. <laughs> I hope Woolly World is great because based on I don't care how I don't care how 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 it actually is. Game is fucking adorable. I do. Yeah, I want that, and I I want the new Kirby with the plasticine visuals like these. Keep doing shit like that, Nintendo. I like this stuff. Plus, I'm going to be able to get talent to actually play the Wii U if I get Yoshi's Woolly World. I mean, yeah. like, it's a Yoshi game. You have to. <laughs> it would be like when we were dating. We were, we were never dating, exactly. But we were, you come over to my house and play Yoshi's Island while I'm sick. Entertain me. It was one of the weirder things I've ever done for someone. Entertain yet. me, boy. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, you know, this girl I like is really sick and she's bored out of her mind and she can't play video games. So I'm going to go sit in her bedroom and play Yoshi's Island and she's just going to watch. Yes. This is this is cool, but it's weird. I wasn't <laughs> expecting this. All right, we have. You can really tell that the PC developed FMV technology around this point huh. because we have a game that uses FMV for cutscenes. Oh, Wing Commander! Wow, you're close. Ah, no, no, you're missed. really close. <laughs> um, it uses FMV for cutscenes. It's the start of a franchise rather than the middle of a franchise. <laughs> Um, the Man and Clanker Red Alert. 
Command and Conquer one. It's Command and Conquer. Just Command and Conquer. Yeah. Uh, that that franchise has apparently been taken out to the woodshed, which is really a shame. But I did not know that had FMV cutscenes. Oh, oh it they certainly were did. They were amazing. By the way, the only reason I know about the Wing Commander FMV cutscenes is because we have one of those demo discs with 50 games on it, and they stuck in my mind because John Reese davies was in them. John Reese davies <laughs> was in them, Mark Hamill was in them. But I didn't recognize him, he wasn't in Sliders. Oh, it's true, he was just in Star Wars. Eh. <laughs> I like Sliders better than Star Wars at that point. No, that's Mal- not fair, I love Star Wars I'm, at that point. Mal- I'm sorry, Mal- I like Sliders a whole lot better. <laughs> But Slider I was a Han Solo awesome. fan, not a Luke Skywalker fan. Jedi suck. All right, so next up we have the Jedi s- suck. Get a Wookie. Next up we have the sequel to the game that we were just talking about. <laughs> Command and Conquer Red Alert. No, or Command and Conquer Two. Wing Commander. Wing Commander. Four. Ah. Yes, Wing the Commander game Four. We were just talking about which we which couldn't afford to hire John Rhys Davies and Mark Hamill and Malcolm McDowell. Oh, really? I understand John Rhys Davies goes for pretty cheap. <laughs> he was the voice. He was the narrator in Quest for Glory Four. Yeah, he did a shit ton of video games around that time. I, I really I am suspect fond of that he's guy's a super duper nerd. Yep. And then, of course, went on to be in Lord of the Rings, which is, uh, you know, seeking out that role is one of the nerdier things you could possibly do. All right. We have a platformer that's not on a console. <gasps> Jazz Jackrabbit? No, not Jazz Jackrabbit. <laughs> Uh, it was developed by a non-American developer. You know James Pond was on consoles, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just checking. No, so it's fact, not James Pond. <laughs> not James Pond. And, uh, in fact, this was not only released on the PC, it was also released on the Amiga. Ooh. In 1995. <laughs> Damn. That probably doesn't help, actually. Non-American developer, non-Japanese developer. A platformer. A platformer. So it's pretty much a British developer. Possibly. Possibly um, not. Um. Ooh, he's got the edges of it, I think. <laughs> He's beating the desk in frustration. Uh, uh still keep trying. Could be like you didn't roll that out. There's an option. So. Yes, can't um, remember the fucking name. Fuck. Um, they're still being released under this franchise. Jeff, give us a clue. If you know what it is, it's a game. Name. It's not a dizzy game, but wow, that you went to the well on that one. No, oh, um, it's, it's a. a- French it's, it's developed a... game. Oh Christ! It's flashback. Uh, no, it's the, it's another world. No, no, it's you... not another world. No, ah. neither of those. But wow, <laughs> flashback and another world were both on consoles as well. That was yeah. on the same demo disc as the as Wing Commander, which is why suddenly it's in my brain going this, this, this. Uh, the uh, uh, the aesthetic and design of it is very bright, very colourful. It used a VGA da- adapter on the PC to its utmost as it could. It's uh... Features a character who can punch, jump, climb, hang on things, wants to break cages, has bad, silly hair, doesn't have elbows or knees. Was there a Rayman at this point? It was the first Rayman game. Oh, I thought Rayman wasn't around until the PlayStation. No, he was released on the Amiga and the PC. Fuck. Okay, I had no idea. Yeah, I was surprised to find out that people still making Amiga releases in 1995. Yeah. All right, back to consoles. Another game that generally gets regarded as classic, but not nearly as loudly. It's often missed in discussions of big classic SNES games. It's often missed. Is it Riven? No. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah finger guns. Uh. Alright, now you got to tell me all that stuff again, because I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy making a stupid joke. Okay, it's a SNES-era game. It's generally held in very high regard by people who remember it but it isn't it isn't the same level of classic as say final fantasy 6 or chrono trigger okay but this isn't second but it's right it's not sd3 what was that jeb but but it's not yoshi's island 
It's not Yoshi's Island. <laughs> it is a RPG, but it mixes action elements with it in a way that not many games did at that time. So SD3 Terranigma? is... Terranigma? Terranigma! Yeah! That's part of the that uh, that trilogy, right? Yeah. Um, with, um... What the fuck are the other ones called? Sword or something there? I can't I remember no the name of the other ones. no idea that was a trilogy. Yeah, it, it's part of one of those long-arcing trilogies where you don't really know... There's no obvious connection between the three. Yeah. All right. We have a PC game that doesn't feature FMV. What? It features a somewhat flawed 3D engine, which was designed to initially do high-fidelity uh, car racing. And when it was found it couldn't do that, they put it to this end instead. <laughs> okay, so it, it failed as a racing engine. It failed as a pure racing engine. There is a racing element to the game that remains. This is again. You're in the right mentality, not the right game. Nah. I was going to say, is this pod? No, no. Uh, actually, I, I've probably... I, I, with with that description, I've probably uh, kind of waylaid it slightly. It's Destruction Derby. Oh. Yeah. Destruction Derby initially was going to be that engine... Remember Papyrus? Developers mm-hmm. of NASCAR? Yeah. No. They, they wanted a, another high-fidelity engine. The Destruction Derby engine got developed for them. It's like, it's really good at rendering crashes. It's amazing at rendering <laughs> crashes. It's not actually all that good at rendering the feeling of driving a NASCAR, but it's really good at crashes. That's one of the first uh, PlayStation 1 games I played. I kind of miss Carmageddon. It was such a stupid game. New one got made last year. Oh no. Don't remake it. Leave it alone. Yeah, it's a Leave gem. Leave it of, in the past. It's a gem of the 90s, never yes. to be tarnished. And if you if you were to like upgrade the visuals and and you know make it high def and put in a new 3D engine and stuff, you would lose a lot of the charm. Yeah, it would suddenly start being really creepy and gross, and not just vaguely yeah. creepy and gross. And not doing anything that GTA wasn't good for, basically. All right, we have a point and click adventure, Ribbit. not developed by either Sierra or LucasArts. <gasps> Riven, not Riven. <laughs> We have a famous author involved. 3D, 2D. 2D, point and click adventure. Discord? Uh, no. I, I have no mouth and I must scream. I have no mouth and I must scream. That was my next guess. You've basically got the two <laughs> polarities of mid-90s point and click adventure games right <laughs> yeah, there. Because <true. laughs> I, I, I Have No Mouth is a game that I recommend some game developers should look at because it does some very interesting things with subjective information. <laughs> it's a worthwhile study if you can handle all the triggers. But yeah, it is It is a giant mass of trigger warning <laughs> stuff. I would not recommend most people play it. If there is anything that sets you off, don't play it. Basically, anything at all. Yep. <clears throat> and now so we have... It is an exercise in how games don't have to be entertaining, or I don't know, have to be fun. Yeah. To be <laughs> engaging. It's incredibly engaging. So that, that game is sad and, and depressing, and if you want an experience that is sad and depressing and possibly will lead you to want to go look at pictures of kittens on Roomba for an hour and a half after you're done <laughs> playing it, then yeah. play it. They should game. have that in the credits. Like, just at the end of the credits. By the way, if you here's played a- this game, here is a link to Fluffy Kittens. <laughs> just here's a- sorry. <laughs> All right. Now, around this point, the PlayStation games start showing up in the list. <gasps> so we well, have... that's right, we're going over the course of the year, aren't Yeah, we? we're doing a whole year. Mm-hmm. So we have a PlayStation game, mm-hmm. an early launch PlayStation game, that was renowned for its multiplayer, and it isn't GoldenEye. Wait, GoldenEye was N64. GoldenEye was N64. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Jack Flash. 
Jump and Jack Flash or whatever? Nope, nope, not Jet Flash. Also, a racing game. Oh. Yeah. Ridge Racer! It, nope, not Ridge Racer. So it's an early PlayStation era racing game. It's like the first Need for Speed or something? I no. don't know how old that is. No, hilariously, we're just going to go through all the franchises until someone gets yeah. to the bottom oh, of the barrel. Oh, uh, Toka Touring Car? No, you're all thinking way more thing. serious. Oh. Oh. More uh, serious than Wipeout? Oh, wait, <laughs> Yeah, this is this is less serious than Wipeout. Um, um, yeah. The icon for this game is a clown's head on fire. Oh, Twisted Metal. Oh, no, never heard of it. Ah. There you go. But then I, I didn't have a PlayStation for many years. True. A friend sold me his old PlayStation and then later bought back his copy of Star Ocean 2 that he gave me with it. Okay, so... Also, we have a... This game didn't come out on any console at first. This game is not a console game, but it's definitely a video game that is important. Lots of people played it. Did it later hit a console? It did eventually, but at this point, the release for it was in arcades. Oh! 1995. Mm. Era of early 3D. Boxy 3D. You wanted to minimize the number of angles... Nope. Uh, Virtua Fighter? Nope. You wanted to minimize the number of angles you showed models at. Daytona? Uh, I'm sure it's not Tekken. I'm sure. You try Tekken again. Is it Tekken? It's probably Tekken. Say Tekken. Is it Loom? No, it's not Loom either. It's not that. Uh, no, wait. It had the arcade a... board of Loom. Right. Okay. Go it ahead. Had a... <laughs> it had a non standard input peripheral. Uh... <laughs> you said it was a fighter, right? And no. No, no we assumed it was. Because it was an arcade game. It's an arcade game that you have a unique input method into that it wants to minimize the number of angles it shows you 3D objects at. And it's not House of the Dead? It's kind of like House of the Dead, but it's not House of the Dead. Virtual Cop? You're so close. It's like Virtual Cop. It's Time Crisis. Oh! Yes, Yeah, I should have known that. In fact, I have played Time Crisis in yeah. an arcade back before arcades went away. Yep. In fact, I think that might have been what I was trying to say when I guessed House of the Dead. <laughs> it's like House of the Dead, except it's much better. What is it again? Damn it! <laughs> All right, we have a sequel to a franchise starter, Ribbon, that is no longer using its original franchise name, <laughs> and is no longer on the original franchise's console or platform of choice. Soul Blade. It's a Ribbon. <laughs> Tell me it's Soul Blade. It's not Soul Blade. Oh come on! <laughs> it's not Soul Blade. That was perfect. Yep. Uh, it is a game that was regarded as a competitor to Doom and Duke Nukem, and was held up for a much more serious level of writing. Half-Life? Nope, too early for Half-Life. Plus that still uses its name. No, um, it doesn't. It's like a Call of Duty. <laughs> Half-Life yeah. hasn't used its name in ten years. To be fair, when they make a Half-Life game that uses the Half-Life name, they just don't make Half-Life games. <laughs> Um, it's, it's that fucking modern warfare, it turned into modern warfare, no? Nope, 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 nope. Wrong, wrong tone. Think science fiction. We have talked about it already today. On the podcast. A sequel for it was announced at E3, and it was a big fucking deal. Star Wars. Nah, I'll put you out of the misery in this one. Marathon 2, Durandal. Oh, oh, fuck's sake. That's the thing that turned into Halo, isn't it? Yes, it is. Marathon is so good. Marathon is so good. 
And they were able to do they were able to do pseudo 3D when Duke Nukem 3D was faking it. So that started yeah. out when the PlayStation first launched. Marathon, the game that yeah. Marathon 2 is a sequel to, was a, a Mac, Mac release in like 1993. Fuck. No wonder people liked it so much. What could you play on a Mac in 93? Not a lot. And oh, that's it, was un- it was unironically excellent. Yeah. It had some fantastic story writing. It had some great personality to it. It had, like, infighting well before anybody else even thought about it. It had an optimization level that was off the charts because you can now run it through your browser. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. All right. We have a point-and-click adventure game. Is it Riven? With a famous author attached. Is it Discworld this time? No. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> but it is made by LucasArts. With a famous author attached With to a famous... LucasArts one. Yes. Yes. It's not an existing franchise for them, and I don't think you could make a franchise out of it. The author is kind of a shit. Like, we already more... talked about I had no love that was straight. Like, probably a worse person than Harlan Ellison. That's impossible. Is it an Orson Scott Card or... thing? Yes, it is an Orson Scott Card thing. Yes. The Dig. The Dig. I didn't realize that was point and click. I thought it was a text one. No, no, it's a point and click adventure game. Um, Really, re- it, it unfortunately had a bit of that Beneath the Steel Sky syndrome with the interface, where you were just kind of rubbing stuff on stuff. Um, but yeah. Which, by the way, is my OK Cupid profile name. <laughs> In any game with an inventory, you were going to end up rubbing stuff on stuff. That's pretty much how it went. Yeah. It's part of the reason I like Loom so damn much, because you didn't get stuff. Try rubbing stuff on stuff when you have no stuff, loser. Yeah. Now, The Dig was written by a guy who is a kind of a gross homophobe and not a particularly nice man, but it was a really good, interesting game with great sci-fi premise and a completely bullshit and chips ending. (laughs) Unfortunately, douchebags are sometimes good writers. Now, from very serious to very much not serious... This this world this time, I'm leaving. No, it's not a (laughs) point-click adventure unless unless your idea of a puzzle is use grenade on opponent. I'm into that. Is it worms? Yes! Yes! (laughs) Fucking yeah! (laughs) You have your name! Yes! 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 (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I'm so glad that Fox got one of those all of a sudden. (laughs) I am so glad that Fox has gotten an immediate. Honest to God, that was just a case of going, oh, he did imply that point and click is how you throw a grenade. And that is exactly what I remember from (laughs) Wells. Well, I was trying to think about a puzzle that you could use. like, Because it couldn't just be use gun on man. If you said use gun on worm, then you would have given it away. Given the whole thing away. Use sheep on opponent, that'll do it too. That is that is a game that should never have had sequels. Like the original was so perfect. Uh, I, I think Armageddon. I'm not saying none of the later ones were good, but the worms and the voices and everything were never as cute as the original. Okay. It's that like beautiful little blocky pixel star where you could barely see any detail, but what you could see was so stupid cute, especially just before it got blown up. By, like when it saw the grenade land and went. Or something. <laughs> they were like British and American voice settings, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The British ones were so superior. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright. Uh we have a JRPG that's not on the SNES. Is that allowed? Yeah, they, they existed. In fact, basically one franchise of them existed. <laughs> Is it Fantasy it's Star It's a fantasy star. Holy shitballs! <laughs> <laughs> the first JRPG I ever played. Yes, I would remember that one. Yeah, Fantasy Star 4. <laughs> I, was like, I, just, I had no idea which number. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I, I don't remember which of the fantasy stars I finished. I remember it had Alice Brangwen in it. Four is the one with Alice. Yeah, she's awesome. She's totally friggin' awesome. Alright then. It's now, also the one where your main character is Chaz. Chaz. <laughs> oh. Is that Fantasy Star 2? No, that's four. Uh, is that the one I was playing a couple months ago? I legit do not know. It's got Chaz, our hero, Alice, his older woman mentor, who's fucking awesome. Uh, it's got Han, who is a goofy priest who got ridiculously overleveled in mine. There's a cat uh, boy. There's a pink-haired cat girl. Oh, cat girl. Uh, there's a couple of droids really late in the game. I can't and remember any of this now. A long-haired pretty boy who is sort of antagonistic at first and then ultimately joins your team as the last character you ever recruit, which has ha- never happened in another JRPG. That's very unusual. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> anyway. It's a one-of-a-kind thing. So, next up, we have a franchise game. Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> Where the franchise is still ongoing today. Sonic and, and Knuckles. Do we wish it wasn't ongoing today? The Not game, necessarily? The game as it is currently ongoing has brought a lot of people a lot of joy, even if we feel it has flaws. Are you sure it's not Sonic and Knuckles? Son- <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, listen, Sonic I, I think Jeb's right on this one. I, I gotta go with him. You're overruled, Quizmaster. By the way, listener, they don't plan this shit. They just decide <laughs> to start making my life hard. Just, you know, why not? It's our native instincts kicking in because you're in the position of authority. <laughs> it's true, you perish. We must kick you when we have the chance. <laughs> okay, it is a very different type of game to the current one that's being released. The Super <laughs> <laughs> You just saw me opening my mouth to say Sonic and Knuckles again. Uh. <laughs> you know what would be the best thing ever if the next thing on this list is Sonic and Knuckles? <laughs> Yes, you were saying, Talon? Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a faction-based game. Uh-huh. So there were two different ways to play the game, and they had different... Uh, they, they, uh-huh. Pokemon uh, Gold Silver. <laughs> no. And Knuckles. <laughs> I will turn this podcast around. He won't do it. He's just making it up. He won't do it. <clears throat> It is the same type of game as the game it's a sequel to. It was trying to be a franchise game for a franchise that eventually pulled its support. Hey? Yeah. The developer of this game is currently considered one of the big dogs of gaming development. And they pulled the support of the franchise that it was a franchise of, but now it's a franchise? Yes. In the, this game was original. The very first Ow. <laughs> yeah, The very first game in this series was meant to be a franchise tie-in game for an existing non-video game franchise. And the non-video game franchise at the last minute went no, which resulted. Oh, what is this? Starcraft one? It's Warcraft two. Oh, that was going to be a franchise tie-in. Warcraft one was going to be a Warhammer 40k game. Huh. And then Uh, Games Workshop say that again. Warcraft one was going to be a Warhammer tie-in game. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, you said 40k. I did. Did not. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, that Starcraft was going to be the 40k game. Yeah. And, Which explains a hell of a lot. And Games Workshop at the last minute went, no, we don't think these video games have got any future in them. <laughs> and pulled from Blizzard, who now, as Blizzard Vivendi, are, I think it's 5% of all video game the money. The world's GDP. Yeah. Certainly more than enough to make Games Workshop kick themselves. Yeah. Well, remember that last year, game, 
uh, Games Workshop released a uh, a year uh, an investor's letter that said was this was this a good year? Well, yes, it was a great year. Not if you count in terms of money and success, but I think this was a great year. <laughs> the industry has we learned so a much. Lot. This is definitely a great year. What a we year. learned a lot. <laughs> we didn't actually grow on par with the industry, but uh, upness. And by the way, now I'm quitting so I can go do a different job. Please give me my bonus. Oh, fuck CEOs, man. <laughs> Like, well, you understand. Like, some people are throwing around words like bankrupt <laughs> <laughs> and embarrassing failure, and war machine are eating all of our cake. Uh, but really, so what... much about the art style in Warhammer, doesn't it? Just like all of it and Warcraft. Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Warcraft and Starcraft are very thinly veiled fan games of Games Workshop properties, which I always perceived for Starcraft, like. You... You can't really. They didn't even try and hide it. And not go, oh, well, that's Tyranids, obviously. Yeah. Even though they're both totally ripped off aliens. But... I, I will give them points for making their Protoss not look too much like the Eldar. Yeah, that's that's where the comparison breaks. But By the, getting rid of the silly hats. The Space Marines versus Zerg is so very obviously Space Marines versus Tyranids. They didn't even change the Space Marines. <laughs> they just took the eagles off their shoulder pads. Oh, and I don't actually know what's on a Space Marine's shoulder pads. I try not to look at them. All right. I hate Space Marines. Fuck that, guys. We have another point-and-click adventure game. And by the way, I think we should just notice how many point-and-click adventure games came out this year. <laughs> Yeah, we should also hurry up. I wasn't this, <laughs> wasn't this after 1993 when Squid Adventure Games stopped existing? Yeah. Wow. This, okay. this, this, this is this is when uh yeah this is after the death of the point and click adventure game. Don't know how they kept going, but you know zombie adventure games. <laughs> it's not well new. Zombies are very popular. That's probably why they kept around. Why they stuck around. Everyone loves zombies now. Ah. Uh, anyway, that town's doing a zombie right now. <laughs> Curiously, zombies are in this game. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to. It's gotten too real, Tyler. Or specifically, the religious practice that ignorant Westerners commonly attribute to zombies because uh, we're not Cousin Monkey smart. Island. Um, less lighthearted than that. Damn. Different developer too. Uh, I probably don't know that. Uh, the main character is an utter pillock, but he's not meant to be an utter pillock. I was going to say all adventure games, <laughs> but then you said wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Oh, yes, the, the protagonist of this game is not meant to be a complete duffer, but he really is. Um... Tex Murphy never dealt with Voodoo, did he? No, uh, but... You, you Although might... he's also meant to be an asshole. Yeah, Tex... <laughs> and, and honestly, Tex Murphy, I kind of like Tex Murphy. This guy, uh... Not all this Gabriel Knight. It's a Gabriel Knight? It's a Gabriel okay. Knight. It's uh, Gabriel Knight. The first one? No, it's the, the sequel. second one. The Beast Within. Okay. I, th- welcome to a franchise I've never played and had no idea when it began, so I, is... I'm just throwing names around. This is really, um... Sierra was kind of, you know, dying its hair black and wearing a jacket. And, <laughs> like, they released Phantasmagoria. Got a couple of earrings. They released Phantasmagoria and the Beast Within in the same six-month period. I'm just... <laughs> Contemplated some yeah. eyeliner. Sierra, uh, are you okay? G- Gabriel Knight Games were written by uh, Jamie Jensen. <laughs> Jensen. Yeah, yeah. Sierra, Jensen, right? just going yeah. through its teenage golf phase. Yep. Uh, it's like, look at, these, look at these women still writing games that aren't just storybooks. Yep. I, I, I love the fact that those two women working together made King's Quest VI, which honestly is probably the best of the King's Quest series, but they still made this storybooky kind of game. And then when you left them on their own, you went, what the hell? It's dark. <laughs> well, they probably got sick of writing storybooky stuff. I mean, if you, if you get stuck with any one genre for too long, you're probably going to get a bit frustrated with it. All right. And now... Well, the, Roberta Williams and Jane Jess wrote a bunch yep. of stuff, so... Yeah. I, I like to imagine that if we could get them to try the Charnel House trilogy, they'd really like them. <laughs> now, last game. 
of the year. It's a franchise game? It is now. Is it point and click? No. Oh. Ah, Sonic and Knuckles. It is an unassailable classic. Sonic and Knuckles. Fair. Can't stop laughing. <clears throat> it showcased technology that would not be fully utilized by the console in question again. Ah, Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> it was criticized for having an overlarge cast by people who didn't appreciate how great that was. Ah, Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, it's, not it's not a Pokemon game. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be chaotic, Jeb. I'm trying to come up with hints that don't give away what the game is, and in the process, I'm just getting dunked on harder. Let's figure it in one. Yes. Yes! <laughs> of course it is! Yeah, uh, when, when it came out... 108 one... characters, and none of them are Sonic or Knuckles. <laughs> Okay, fine. So we can end on Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> That's if you jam the, the Knuckles cart into the memory slot of the PS1, right? <laughs> what madness is this? No, silly talent. Knuckles was the one with the flip-top lid. Because you couldn't, like, retrofit a flip lid onto Sonic 3. <laughs> How silly! I have no idea what you're talking about. What's the technology that it would showcase? Uh, the sprite, the storage capacity of the, um, sorry, the thing I was referring to is that the PlayStation 1 era development went very heavily in the angle of 3D because that was slightly easier to do. That's why you got Final Fantasy 7 with its big blocky chunky kind of models. And whereas, we like to call them ugly as fuck. Whereas what Suikoden 2 did was instead say, if you have 600 megabytes of place to store your game, oh, I see. you can put... Dozens and dozens and dozens of permutations of really nicely drawn sprites. Pretty much nothing did that again except for Suikoden 2. <laughs> and that's oh, sad. Pokemon, entertainingly enough. Yeah, but Pokemon Pokemon wasn't fitting onto a 600 megabyte no, that's CD. True. It but was fitting it, on an 8 megabyte card. For the card. size well, that I had, say, that's pretty I much I want to say, like, uh, Star Ocean did that a lot, too. Hmm. Oh, no, Star, Star Ocean did that degree. more with... Uh, Star Ocean did that more with sound. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Star Ocean had really detailed sprites, but not a lot of them. Like, there's only, like, what, eight playable characters or something like that? Also, bite my tongue. There I'm are getting... a ton of characters in uh, Star Ocean you can just miss by getting other characters. Yeah, there's nowhere near a hundred, right? No. But what I'm saying is they, they did still do that. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of content they just packed in Star Ocean 2. Oh, sure. Um, I, like, bite my tongue on this. I seem to remember that there was a Breath of Fire game that did the same ridiculously detailed sprite population. There were basically PlayStation-era JRPGs that use sprites instead of 3D tended to go hard into what can we do with all these sprites? You know, how many minigames can we animate? Uh, (laughs) Fucking minigames. Really yeah, I, Chrono Trigger is a similar thing. Like all the all the shit they have those sprites do. Yep. Like the, the drinking game that there's a unique animation for, which happens at one point <laughs> in the game for about three seconds, but everyone can go and do it because at a certain point you can have a different party leader, so you better animate them doing that. Yep. Yeah, exactly that kind of thing. All right then. That was a very brief history of the year 1995. Good year. Yeah, not even the best year of the 90s. <laughs> 1995 and Knuckles. Oh, and remember, viewer, the, the Fiesta starts. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, you're going to be playing that, aren't you, both of you? Yes. 
So next week, we will probably be talking a bit about Final Fantasy V if we don't have a special guest in to do something interesting like talk about Wildstar. Possibly. Who knows? Anyway, thank you very much for listening, listener. (laughs) That's just the kind of entertaining uncertainty you get from downloadable content. (laughs) We like to keep ourselves flexible, boneless, cephalopodian, prepared (laughs) for the coming of the great old ones. Which is my okay Cupid profile, babe. It's Silly O'Clock, so that's been Fox. That's been Jeff. That's been Tal. Tune in next week when we'll realise that we didn't plan ahead to see whose turn it was to do the outro. Harrow Warriors, Harrow Warriors, Harrow Warriors. And, and Knuckles. Knuckles.